0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. And this time, I am very excited to bring back, I believe for the third time, Tiffany Bova, who is... Not just a wonderful business person, but also the author of a number of books And this most recent book is The Experience Mindset, Changing the Way You Think About Growth. We're going to be talking about that. She has quite a bit to share. Before we get into that, a couple of announcements. First, I want to thank Text Expander, our sponsor. I love that we've partnered with them and they provide an incredible productivity tool that saves our team hours and hours of time. Uh, keeping them from repetitively typing messages to our clients and our customers and uh, some of our colleagues over and over again. So more about that at the break. And if it is a question, please use the hashtag Ask Shep to make sure that I see it. And I promise I will answer it there in the social channel, here on this show, in my newsletter, or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing Or go home and you can get episodes and watch them on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, and you can just find them at uh, beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. All right, let's get into our interview. Tiffany, welcome to the show.
1: Shep, there's no place I'd rather be.
0: (laughs) Oh, you know exactly what to say. You know what? And we went to dinner, I remember, years ago in San Francisco at a Dreamforce Force. And you used the same line on me back then. Maybe. It's you. It's you. (laughs) Well, I also know there's like three or four of your good friends sitting around the table with us. So I wasn't sure if it was me or someone else. But you know what? I'll take that compliment today. Um, You are the strategic growth uh, evangelist at Salesforce. And I love their titles. I mean, they have some amazing titles. But let's start with what does the global growth evangelist at Salesforce do?
1: I spend, you know, 95% of my time externally with customers, with partners in the broader ecosystem, uh, meeting with them, understanding their business challenges, advising them on best practices, sharing best practices, asking great questions, listening and learning. Like it's just an amazing opportunity to see this cross section of organizations around the globe and what they're doing with our, with our products and services is just, it's just amazing. So, Uh, The other 5%, probably internal, but not much.
0: Yep, yep. I get it. Well, you've got to get your knowledge somewhere. So, um, you know, obviously, two things happen when you do what you do. Number one, you get the knowledge from Salesforce about what you can do for your partners. And number two, hanging out with all those great clients and companies who I refer to as partners gives you an opportunity to learn a vast amount of multiple ways companies are successful and maybe not so successful. So pretty cool pretty cool job. One day I want to grow up to be Tiffany.
1: Yeah. I got to tell you, it's a great gig. Love what I get to do every day. Yeah.
0: Well, I think this is the third time you've been on our show. Um, Yeah. The first time was just like, I got to know you. The second time was when your last book, uh, Growth IQ came out, what, about three years ago or so? 18,
1: Uh, 2018. Crazy.
0: Yeah. uh, Four plus years ago. Yeah. And now you have a new book, The Experience Mindset changing the way you think about growth. If you're listening to this show, the day it comes out, today is the day the book is released. And I'm excited that we're, we're talking about it. The first thing I noticed is you hit a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. And that is the whole idea that the employee experience, the EX, needs to be in tandem or maybe even come before CX the customer experience. So why don't we start with what's the book about and let's tie it to uh, that theme if we can because I think that's really what it is all about. Yeah,
1: sure. So, you know, in full kind of we're amongst friends here, you know, and having this conversation. I'm going to go back a little bit in time. Uh you know, I have been in and around talking about customer experience for a really long time, similar to you. Maybe not even as long as you because it, I was selling first. And then when I landed at Gartner for a decade before joining Salesforce, that's where I really got exposed to the power of customer experience as a competitive differentiator. So I was part of the team that created or uh, made the prediction that the CMO would spend more on tech than the CIO. And everyone thought we were crazy. Um, and you know, Salesforce, SAP, Oracle, Microsoft, everyone went out and bought you know technologies to get into that marketing technology stack. Uh, but I had been in that marketing technology stack since 2001. I was a beta client, literally, and so I had kind of watched things transpire. And so in my first book, Growth IQ, it was ten paths to growth. The very first path was customer experience you know, live and die on the and, hill. of And your that's customer. why you were on the show. <laughs> right. And it was the customer should be at the center of all your decisions. You know, they are your true north. Like that, that is what it's all about. And then there were obviously nine other growth paths, but I missed employee experience almost entirely in the book. I said it, but I didn't give it nearly as much attention as I needed to. And so fast forward, uh, it was, Probably four years ago, I was standing on stage at an event in uh, Vancouver, Canada, and I said, I didn't think it was a coincidence that Salesforce is a great place to work pretty much globally. You know, it's in the top 10 or top five or number one, one of the most innovative companies in the world and the fastest growing enterprise software company. I didn't think that was a coincidence. So going back to what you said, Shep, right? Happy employee, happy customer, get those two things right, faster growth. But could I prove it? But could I prove it? So I went to our CMO at the time and I said, here's my hypothesis. I've done a first pass, cursory pass of looking out there and seeing, has anybody shown causation, contribution, a direct connection between that and what pieces and parts of employee experience have the greatest impact on customer experience? Because I, caveat here, I am not an HR expert, (laughs) So it's about the moment that matters, right? When an employee touches a customer. And could we show what kind of growth that would uh, deliver? Lo and behold, the first one came back, really positive results. Those that got it both right uh, would have a 1.8 times greater growth rate than those that did not. So for a billion-dollar brand, it would be a $40 million impact. If you're not a billion-dollar brand listening to this, you can do the math.
0: It was <laughs> That's impressive, know, Uh, And by the way, you did this through surveying thousands of people and companies.
1: So the first one we did was Salesforce and Forbes Insight. And what we did was it was publicly traded companies in the US. We looked at publicly available information. So Mm. it was net promoter scores and CSAT and attrition rates and, you know, the things we could get our hands on. And then we did it on a two by two quadrant, right? And we mapped them out and we could see the growth rates associated with those companies that were doing well in both or good in one and not good on the other, right? Where they might have a really high NPS score, but a high attrition rate on employees, like that kind of thing, right? Um, the second one, because that one had done well, the second one was, oh, well, hold on, maybe we're onto something here. Could we really show those attributes of EX that had the greatest impact on C? That one was global, thousands of C suite executives and employees cross industry you know, in multiple regions and countries. um, And that's where we got some uh, even more rich information. And then the third one was a case study for a retailer in the US that has a thousand plus storefronts. And I don't know who it is. It was a blind study um, that we did with Columbia University um, and Talentech. Uh, And um, you could probably guess who it is. There's only a handful of stores that have a thousand or more storefronts. And that one showed that in a retail establishment, if they got EX right, they saw a 50% increase in revenue per hour per store associate if they got those things right.
0: All right. I want you to repeat that last stat because that's the big one. Boom, explosion, whatever uh, sound effect. This is big. The return on a focus of employee experience. Give it to us one more time.
1: In this retail case study, for retail store associates, saw a 50% increase in revenue generated per hour per store associate.
0: Wow. And what do you think, uh, I know this is probably, I don't know if you can answer this question, but what do you think the investment Above and beyond a typical employee experience might be what percentage do you need to to think about? Is it just you invest two percent more per employee, one percent more? Is there a, is there a number we can attribute to this, or is it really building a culture that's focused on it? It's not so much what you spend; it's how you act.
1: I'd say it's Maybe the latter. Yeah, I'd say it's the latter. Hence, why the name of the book is Experience Mindset.
0: Mm, okay. it is about
1: a mindset shift this is yeah, not i set about, you
0: up for that you that totally pot. did
1: that that's why I, that's why i said there's no place i'd rather be you set me up perfectly <laughs> <laughs> so it is not a by the way this is not a oh customer should be first and employees second employees should be first and customers should be second it isn't create a role that is the chief employee experience officer, like, by the way, I had really advocated, like you and many others, to have a CMO at the C-suite table or a chief customer experience officer, a chief customer officer, um, you know, reporting into the organization. This is not that. This is not that. This is literally a mindset shift around if you are going to do something for your customers, i.e. reduce the effort to do business with you, to increase their experience, The intended or unintended consequence of doing that is the fact that the effort for your employees goes up and their experience goes down. So back to your question on that retail, it is about being very intentional about understanding what pieces of the employee experience have the greatest impact on customer. So in that retail establishment, it was full-time employees versus part-time employees. There's a difference in their experience what tools and systems they may use what they're empowered to do on the floor what they have access to for information those kinds of things that allows them to be very responsive personalized and seamless if a customer asks them for something or in fact you know they're they're at the checkout counter and let's say it's a you know a broken um, you know the package is broken, and yet they don't have another one. Could that person at that point of sale immediately order one on the system and have it shipped to their house? Mm. Something like that, right? That would increase revenue for that checkout, right? That checkout storefront person, um, and it would deliver this great experience for the customer. Like it was not disruptive, but how many retail, you know, cashiers have the ability to do that? Or do they yeah. say, and it know, needs
0: to be easy? Go online. When- Yeah. And it's, and it should be very easy. I, I won't tell you the name of the brand, uh, but their initials were Costco. And I was just there with my wife and we were getting ready to pick out a kitchen appliance. And um, the guy pulls out, uh, he didn't have what we were looking for on the floor. So he pulled out an iPad and right there on the spot, we ordered it. You know how good I felt about him and you know how great he felt about making me happy? It was obvious. It was mutual love. And I I think that's what you're talking about. I have a very provocative question. And what I'm going to do is set the question up and then we're going to take a break and come back and you're going to give me the answer. Because in the book, you blame today's emphasis on customer experience for contributing to the great resignation some of which for the reasons you just mentioned, but I'm sure there's more. The quiet quitting that we've all been talking about and other unfortunate workforce trends uh, that are happening and taking place because companies spend too much time not focusing on employees and just on customers. Let's talk about that when we come back. We are talking with Tiffany Boba, who is the author of the brand new book, The Experience Mindset. Get it today at Amazon and don't go away. We're coming right back with the answer to that question let's talk about text expander a tool that allows your team to eliminate repetitive typing with just a few keystrokes anything you type over and over such as customer responses will be at your team's fingertips so they have the power to do what they do best just faster Quickly reply to emails and chats from a library of responses that you create, completing answers to common questions and issues. Your entire team stays on the same page with the same common responses that can be personalized on the fly. And... It's simple to use. Type commonly used content into a text expander snippet and give it an abbreviation of just a few letters and symbols. Share the snippet with the team. When you type the abbreviation, it triggers a snippet and the content expands anywhere you type, including email, chat, or social media. It's that easy. Just go to www.textexpander.com to learn more about this amazing and productive tool. Sign up for a year and get 20% off. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with the amazing Tiffany Boba. And we are talking about the experience mindset. And I set up the question. She blames, Tiffany blames the great resignation and quiet quitting and other negative workforce trends on the fact that companies are focused on Customers. And I would say they're probably focused on just customers, but let's take that and roll with it.
1: Yeah, I would say the clarification is necessary, right? I'd say they've over pivoted to customer experience at the expense of all else. It's yeah, not by the, that. I
0: know. love that word pivot. Everybody yeah. says you have to pivot, you know, like during the pandemic. Oh, you must pivot. Well, when you pivot, what do you do? you turn your back on something cuz you turn so i would say you need to be flexible but in this case the mistake was they actually did pivot and turn their back on their employees not meaning to do so i'm sure Correct. but uh, that's what happened
1: yeah i'd say that the you know over the last few decades We've gotten very good at understanding what drives good customer experience. There are metrics supporting it. There are teams. There are executives. And what we found when we did the research was nobody owns employee experience. Nobody owns it. Now, you could say everybody owns it, like you could say everybody owns customer experience, but you do need somebody who's paying attention to the strategy. Now, remember, I said this was not about creating a role um, or a group, this is not about budget and headcount and sphere of influence and control. This is about shifting the mindset. So when you make decisions that impact your customer, I want you to pause for a second and then say, what is the intended or unintended consequence to our employees? Mm. And then you might be able to say, hold on, if we do this for employees, like we've offered video conferencing into customer service, But what you didn't do was you didn't train your call center or you didn't staff up appropriately or you didn't fix processes for them to be able to get out of video and onto the phone or transfer from a video call to another group, then the experience for the customer won't be great. It will fail and you'll think it failed because it wasn't the right strategy, but it might have been the right strategy. It just was poorly executed. And the employees get the brunt of that unhappiness or rage, even sometimes from customers. And that's not necessarily, I hope, right? The intention of an employer, nor is it the intention of the employee to deliver a bad experience.
0: Right. They think, and by the way, we see this all the time. We've talked to our clients about it. They do something that they think is very uh, friendly for the customer and don't recognize just how much extra work the employee has to go through to make that happen. Uh, Maybe it's just an extra few minutes uh, on the phone or or focused on the customer when they could be handling other customers, whatever, But because the system wasn't set up the right way. And when you start to look at the total picture, you've got to look at both sides, to your point. Uh, Very well said. So it's not just saying, hey, let's just take care of our our employees better. uh, It's like, let's understand what the impact of our customer decisions are on our employees. Uh, I was thinking that you were heading toward, you know, I refer to the employee golden rule is to do unto employees as you want done unto your customers, which I think is important in an employee mindset. But this is specifically talking about how uh, the growth of your customer experience is definitely, uh, I guess it's, either enhanced or drawn back by that employee experience?
1: Correct. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll give a few stats. You know, the C-suite, what we found globally, 54% of the C-suite believe that the technology their employees use is effective um, for them to do their job. Only 32% of employees agreed with that statement mm. and only 20 ish percent of customer facing employees agree with that statement so the gap between what the c-suite thinks is happening in their customer facing teams which by the way sell stuff support stuff market stuff right the thing that you would argue is pretty important if you're trying to grow your business yeah um they are the least satisfied they think outdated tech broken processes lack of integration access to data The average enterprise has 900 unique applications and only 27% of them are integrated. Who bears the brunt of that?
0: The people trying to put it all together for the customer. And those are the folks in the front line. You know what? Maybe, uh, you know, and I've written about this before, just recently, even Howard Schultz or or not Howard Schultz, excuse me, his predecessor, uh, no, not predecessor, his, what's the word I'm looking for? The person who's taking over. Successor. Her six is six not predecessor, his successor. Uh, new CEO says, I'm going to spend a shift once a month on the front line. So I know what customers are going through and employees. And I think that, you know, C-suite needs to get out of the C-suite. The point is they're out of touch. If those stats are accurate and they are. Uh, they need to do something about it, which is simple. Just go spend a little time with everybody. Get on okay, the front line. So, let's,
1: so let, let's give two examples here because I love that you brought that up. It, unfortunately, he did it and announced it. I'd already finished writing the book because there's a story in the book about Starbucks, about Howard leaving, about his successor coming in. And then it was finished. I couldn't, I couldn't touch it anymore. But when I first read that, I was like, oh, that's great. What's crazy is that that's newsworthy. like (laughs) That that's newsworthy. That means that is not a normal behavior. Now, let's go back to that example you gave a few minutes ago when you were looking for a kitchen appliance. That was not the experience that you had at that brand. Why not? That CEO was in the field, in a store, somewhere in the United States, six days a week. Six days a week, not two hours a month, six days a week. Now, Obviously, you can't always be there, but let's go back to, you know, one of my favorite humans, right? The person who wrote the forward to my book, Tom Peters, who wrote the book um, uh,
0: in, Search in, Search of Search of in
1: Search of Excellence, and it was about management by wandering around. And he wrote that book in the early 80s. Yeah. So, you know, undercover boss is a perfect experiment for me where they take the first five or 10 minutes of a show and they put on hair and makeup to disguise the executive. And I'm like, what a waste of expensive television. No one would recognize them anyway because they never leave their office. So get out. Right work amongst your people, understand what it's like in the front lines. If you've ever watched Undercover Boss, for me it's shocking that executives don't know that's what's happening in their business and then they make these sweeping commitments that they're going to change those things. It's like how did you not know that was happening? Yeah. And so, you know, it's this is this disconnection between, you know, the executive and if we talk about technology and people ask me why I think that is on customer facing, I think a lot of executives don't actually use the tech that their employees use they get wonderful spreadsheets and presentations and roll-ups and readouts and so they're not in the technology so they don't see um, that kind of inefficiency uh yet they are maniacally focused on productivity right they're maniacally focused on the customer but they're not looking at what systems tools training etc are in place to allow that to be the best it could be
0: wow Well. Maybe it's no coincidence that you and I are friends because we are, you know, uh, brother and sister from different mothers. Uh, Because in 1988, I wrote my first book, Moments of Magic. And I wrote about how Anheuser-Busch requires executives to spend one day a quarter in the field with salespeople to touch the flesh of the people that buy the beer. I thought, that is so cool. They understand the customer. And then in my most recent book, I'll Be Back how to get customers to come back again and again. Uh, I wrote about a, a guy who was a, C, you know, uh, a CEO of a company, founder of a company, and decided to go down and spend time on the front line in the customer support world and started taking customer support calls. A lady calls back and says, I want to talk to that same guy, that 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 William, uh, that young man. Well, it was William Gates, as in Bill Gates, Microsoft, who said, I need to know what's going on. And- Even it drives me crazy that executives don't understand what, you know, there's that disconnect. The same disconnect that you talked about between executives and employees is also executives and customers. They think their customers are getting a great experience. Customers, a lot of times, most of the time seem to differ just as your stats indicate for the EX, the employee experience.
1: Yeah. And I would say that sometimes I listen, executives spend time with customers. Right. You could say Mm -hmm. um, they meet with customers all the time. They do roundtables. They sit in on advisory boards. They do all those things. And you could argue they spend time with employees and it might be at, you know, chairman's club or the high performers or those that are identified as the leaders of the future. Right. They will spend time. But I'm talking about it's just part of the day. The mingling and roaming around and saying, I'm going to go out on drive with my drivers, you know, deliveries this week. I'm going to go to the storefront, you know, I'm going to go to our manufacturing site, like actually making an effort to do that um, brings you much closer to the realities, the long tail of the little things versus, you know, the big 80-20, right? If 80% of our revenue is delivered by 20% of our customers, I'm going to spend time with those 20% of customers. I don't have time to spend time with the 80% long tail or vice versa. And so this is a matter of, I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm saying it is much more focused
0: mm-hmm. and less
1: sort of generalized, right?
0: Yep. And I think it needs, I think the word I'm I'm getting from you is purposeful. It's per, people are yep. purposeful about Intentional. it. Intentional. Yes. Right. And I believe- these Anheuser-Busch executives that are going around to meet customers are also sitting next to a salesperson or a truck driver or somebody who does a route, and they're actually talking to their employees at the same time. So they're getting, they're getting the, it, it from both directions. We are running out of time. This is a phenomenal book, The Experience Mindset, Changing the Way You Think About Growth, Tiffany Bova's latest amazing book. And my last question I usually ask is general one final nugget of wisdom, but I want you to give us specifically a final nugget of wisdom that comes straight from this book that you want to share before we leave today.
1: I'd say go do an inventory on the top five, let's say, key KPIs or key performance indicators that you are currently tracking on your customer. So the customer experience side, let's say net promoter score, customer satisfaction, customer effort score, whatever it might be and see if you have a correlating one for employee in the same realm. So if you have NPS, do you have EMPS? If you have CSAT, do you have employee satisfaction? If you're doing surveys for your customers, are you surveying your employees as frequently? Do you have customer effort score? Do you have employee effort score? That will quickly tell you, You know, going back to what we were saying of is it customer and we've over pivoted, that those metrics are really mature. They're very established. People understand them. They understand where they have the ability to spend more on marketing and get results. but yet when it comes to employee, I often hear, well what if I make those investments and then people leave It's like you know the old adage, well, what if you don't invest in it right. and they stay right So I'd say do an inventory of what you're doing for customer and see if you have an equal you know kind of visibility on employee. Uh, if you have a customer advisory board, do you have an employee advisory board. And I don't mean ERG groups. I mean an advisory board. Let's just say on just the technology they use or the training they have, like uh, how's the onboarding process? How's the offboarding process? Like, you know, ask them those questions similar to what you would ask uh, your customers. Um, and the third would be that you've got to find uh, the team of executives, which is usually HR, the C, uh, the CIO or IT leader. Um, the head of marketing or customer experience, and then your head of revenue or head of sales. That tends to be the group that has a piece and part of employee experience. And if they aren't coordinated in what they're doing for employees, it will continue to be disconnected.
0: All right. So I asked for one nugget. You give me three, you three. And and that's the way Tiffany does things, ladies and gentlemen, can't above one. and beyond. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The one thing is it's never one thing. How about that?
0: <laughs> I, who said that? Somebody once said that.
1: I said it in the, it was the opening line in growth iQ. I didn't but I said the one thing about growth is it's never one thing, but I was not the first one to say it,
0: right. I love it. I love it. Well, everybody, please enjoy this book. Go out today. It's available on Amazon. Get it there or wherever books are sold, Tiffany. Thanks for coming back. You're a three-peat offender, I believe. So uh, hopefully Uh-oh, we'll I'm do in it jail a fourth now. time. <laughs> yeah, a fourth time in the future. I look forward to that. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Shep, for having me.
0: All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We will be back next week with another interview. So until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.